Hello, I'm Richard Long, Executive Director of the Learning First Alliance. The Learning First Alliance is a partnership of leading education organizations representing more than 10 million members dedicated to improving student learning in America's public schools. We share examples of success, encourage collaboration, and work towards the continual and long-term improvement of public education based on solid research. Today, as part of our Public Schools Week celebrations, February 21 through 25, 2022, we have as our guest Alma Lopez. She is the National School Counselor of the Year of the American School Counselors Association. And Alma is with us today from Central Valley, California, where she works at Livingston Middle School, which is a Title I school in the Central Valley that is made up of Hispanics and others. She went to Fresno State, where she has a BA in psychology and an MA and her credential in school counseling. And Alma, it is just wonderful to have you here. But first off, what brought you to being a counselor? Well, what brought me to being a counselor was just always wanting to work with young people. Every career that I have had has been working with young people. So when I went to college, I started working an after-school program with students, and I just really enjoyed being able to interact with kids every day. And while I was getting my graduate degree, I had an opportunity to work for Child Protective Services, and I learned a lot in that job. But the biggest thing I learned was I wanted to see students every day. I wanted to be able to follow up with them and kind of see how'd your tests go or how'd that game go or what was that project like for you? And so I really found myself in a place during my graduate work, knowing that I wanted to continue to work with young people. I really believe that that's where we're able to make a difference. And for myself, I had people in my own life during my educational journey that made that difference for me. And so I really wanted to be able to do the same. I remember working in schools as a community counselor and this idea of being able to just say hello to a student every day, it just goes a long way to making a difference. What do you find most rewarding? I try to greet my students every morning. I've got some green pom-poms. That's one of our school colors. And so I try and stand at the gate and greet them each day and in the beginning, some of my middle school students would just look at me, some of them half tired, and some of them just thinking I was weird for standing there with pom-poms. But as the year progressed, and as every year progresses, I get more and more students that will say hello back or greet me in their own language. Hola, buenos días, maestra, you know? And so I just really enjoy that day-to-day -day interaction with young people. And so I think that's just the best part of it. I get to help guide them through that situation or through that journey that they're on and be a part of their lives in being able to help other people that fills my own bucket, if you will, right? I feel good when I can help others. Well, I get the feeling that just with your energy level, the kids are getting a, a sense of what's possible, which is incredibly valuable. We've been in this pandemic now for a couple of years, more or less. How has it changed what schools need to do to help children? We knew that there were some challenges that we were facing, some of it specific to mental health challenges for young people and for adults. And we also learned what was going on academically for our young people and the challenges that they were having being at grade level and being able to meet those academic goals that the system has in place for them to be able to graduate from one grade level to the next, to transition from place to place. And so 
when the pandemic hit, we really started to notice some discrepancies, some communities that were able to continue to thrive and move forward and some communities who were not. And so we started to notice what were the challenges that we had and what resources maybe were available in some communities and not in other communities. And really in the area of mental health, I think is something that I saw a lot of challenges in my own community. We experienced a lot of loss. And I mean that in every sense of the word. So we had, just like the nation, we had families who were losing their jobs and unable to work. And so there was a loss of income. For many, there was a loss of housing then. There was a loss of being able to bring food to the table. And then literally there was a loss of life. So we experienced all of that in my community as well and had to figure out and come together as, as a school family to help our students through these difficult situations when many of us as well, adults in the school building, we're also experiencing this collective trauma, if you will, right? We were all going through this pandemic together. And therefore, we had staff members who also struggled, right? Maybe they had a husband who lost their job. And so all of a sudden, the income in that household was cut in half. Or maybe they had someone in their family that died from COVID or from life. And so we were also, as the adults in the building, going through some difficult times as well. It became really important to come together as a school family, as a community, to help our young people but also to help one another and support one another through this time. As a school counselor, what was your role? Were you everybody's grandmother, everybody's therapist, a friend? How did you negotiate that? We were a lot of things for sure. And I think that was true for all of the stakeholders in the building. Teachers have always played every role, right? They teach, but at times they were the nurse, at times they were the parent, at times they were counseling students, everything, right? And so now... As we're, as we're in the pandemic, everybody's role is many hats. And especially in a small community, that becomes even more visible. So absolutely, we played the role that everybody needed us to. And so in some cases, it was helping a young person or a teacher through the grieving process. And so that counseling that we are trained in was very much a part of the job. But also, we had an opportunity to be a leader and to help our leadership teams in planning for the return to the school building. So we met with our principals, we met with our leadership team, we met with different stakeholders to talk about what this might look like for our students. One of the things that I'm really proud of is that we did come together and create opportunities for the different stakeholder groups to come together. So last year when the school building closed throughout the nation, right, our team came together and we continued to offer on a weekly basis a virtual space for our stakeholders to meet. And so we had an elementary school age Google Meet for kiddos to just come and talk and share. And they would, and we saw many puppies and kitties and pets on the, on the meets. We had a space for our middle school students to also join us where they talked about what it was like to be home with brothers and sisters every day, all day long in those challenges. And then we had a space for our caregivers. So parents were able to join in, ask questions, wonder about everything that was happening as we were going through it together and continue to. And then also for our staff to be able to say, hey, this is going on in my virtual class, or I don't know how to do this. Does anybody have an idea? And or share some of those challenges that they were going through themselves personally. And so I was really proud of our team and our district for fully supporting these opportunities on a weekly basis. And school closed, um, I think it was March 19th of 2019. And we did that through the end of the school year. 
but then our superintendent supported our team in continuing that through summer. So even though school was out, we still have this sign that students, staff, caregivers, anybody who wanted to could jump in at a scheduled time to have a conversation with us. And then now as we're back in the building, we've continued those meets. We've just done so for the kids in the building. It's now in person. And then for our caregiver community and our teacher community, we're doing it every two weeks. So we've adjusted as we've needed to. This year, we're emphasizing on Public Schools Week, creating safe, equitable, engaging schools. And one of the points that you actually have just highlighted is that all of these things are interdependent, that the uh, growth and the learning is, is a function of engagement and equitability and reaching out to what folks need. To kind of go in another direction, the first part of the pandemic, people say, oh, teachers work really hard. They were now homeschooling a lot of kids with online. And now schools seem to become a political football. How is this whiplash being felt in your community? Sure. That's a really good question. In my community, it is a high needs community. And so definitely some of the resources and supports that have been put in place, funding, for example, have made their way to our district and we have benefited. So for example, the digital divide, right? That was a challenge in many communities that we saw come to light, especially during the school closure. We already had devices in most kids' hands, but we were able to benefit from those additional funding to be able to provide our students with the device that was needed, whether it was the Chromebook or the laptop or the Wi-Fi. We also have been able to hold clinics where our adults were able to come in for COVID vaccines and testing as needed on our sites. And we're currently working to try and get the clinics up and running on our school buildings for those parents who are interested in having their children to be able to get that vaccine as well. Some of the other issues, the conversations that are happening at, at the state and national level, as far as supporting mental health professionals in a school building, I'm really excited about the opportunity that those conversations might bring in additional resources to help us better serve um, our entire school community. Because like you mentioned, Richard, right, it's all of us in this together. So there's definitely a need for our students and that's first, but equally as important are those adults in the school buildings who are also providing services to students and to families to ensure that they are well. Another kind of funding that came through was supporting our staff. And so I'm really excited in our district, the year before the pandemic had started a in-person health and wellness fair. And so when the school closure occurred, we just talked about how do we do it virtually? And we had this virtual fair where we provided eight or nine different people from I am yoga and people from breathing and, and mindfulness, folks from our own insurance that were able to help us connect to mental health services, care solace, our own insurance companies. We used our nutritionists to provide information on how do we stay healthy during the pandemic, what kind of meals to eat, how to prepare quick and easy meals. We used our PE teacher to help teach us what were some things laying around the house, like a water bottle to do some exercise and keep us physically fit so that we could be mentally fit. And this year, now we're back in the building and our district has continued to want to enhance and support that. And so this year we're continuing. We have yoga every Monday for any staff member that's interested in participating so that they can be well, so that they can better serve our young people, our students, right? That, that's the key. 
And so we're finding a lot of success in that. There's all these political things that are going on, but our district has been able to take the funding that has come from some of those conversations and really do some great things for our community that I think are going to make a difference. Well, it strikes me that your outreach efforts, your engagement efforts are built into your DNA, which means that a political firestorm is not going to find uh, tinder there to explode. Yeah, I agree. I think that we know those things are happening and it's important for all of us to remain informed, right? And so students, they learn about some of those things that are occurring. I know our students watch like the CNN 10 Kids News. And so they're learning on a developmentally appropriate manner what is going on. Then they're in with a teacher, right, who can help guide those discussions and have critical thinking about those topics with our young people. And then as the adults in the building, we are always trying to say, okay, we hear all of these things happening, but how does it impact us here? And what do we need to do, right? And so when we can take some of what's occurring at the larger level and make things happen locally that are positive and beneficial, that's what we want to take from it. So I think that it hasn't negatively impacted us. We're having the conversations with all stakeholders because what's going on in the nation politically impacts us all. So as things have occurred, our students are informed, our teachers come together, our school comes together, we have the conversations and then we say, okay, what do we need to do here and now to help our young people and ourselves? It sounds like you've also built a culture of having difficult conversations. Yes. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, I I think that it starts with each one of us, right? So for me as a school counselor, I'm constantly asking myself and I'm asking my peers, what could I do to better serve you? And I really want to hear that constructive feedback because I really want to try and be the best for my students, the best for my staff. And it starts there personally first, you yourself, but then it's also your leadership. And so we've had an amazing you know, leadership team that asks those difficult questions and is working hard to try and help our students. As you mentioned at the top of our conversation, we're a Title I school. And so with that, we have some pieces of information, right? That we know that our student needs are high. We know that. So we need to move past that, right? We don't need to try and find blame in anyone. What we need to try and do is find people who can help have those difficult conversations that are necessary to get us one step further, move in the right direction to help our students move forward and become successful adults. And so I really think it's a belief system. It's a mindset system and it trust as an organization in one another, right? We're not trying to hurt anybody. We're not trying for anybody to take anything super personal. But when we're dealing with the lives of young people, it is personal. We want them to be okay because they will be the future teacher, the future doctor, the future mechanic, lawyer, all of those professions. And so there is a a little bit of a vested interest to see young people be successful. And it's our obligation, those of us that signed up, especially to be in a school building as a teacher, as a principal, as a parent professional, to help our young people through any challenge that might come up for them. Alma Lopez, I can see why you're the National Counselor of the Year. You are at heart a counselor, an educator, and a leader. 
I think what you're talking about here is about a lot of intentional work that we all need to take heart from, that we can make a difference with our kids, even in these difficult times. So in summary, what would you like to leave with us? Well, you know what? You helped me get there, Richard. I think it's that word intentionality. If we are intentional with our thoughts, with our beliefs, and then with our actions, then we absolutely can make a difference in this world. And I think that as an educator and specifically as a school counselor, that's why I came into this work is I wanted to be able to make a difference. And so I've learned that being intentional has results that allow us to make that difference in our school building, in our community, and hopefully in our society. Being able to be part of these kinds of conversations with you and with your organization, I think also really helped continue to deliver that message that school counselors in every building are essential. We heard that a lot in this pandemic, and I think it's true. We are an essential part of the fabric that makes up the school because we are helping young people with their academic achievement, with their social-emotional development, and with their college and career readiness, right, with their future. Well, thank you for your time today. I look forward to working with you again on Public School Week activities, including you being on our panel of exemplars. And uh, that should be fun. I think you will enjoy it. And again, thank you. Thank you so much, Richard.